Parks and Recreation, even though she wasn't one of the bigger, you know, named characters, and she didn't come until until later, but she just dominates screen time. I fucking love it. I mean, probably the funniest couple of minutes in Eurotrip. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that, man. <laughs> fucking Club <Right>. Vandersex. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that was hilarious. Jacob Pitts remembers. Yeah, all all too well does he remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And then she kind of, I mean, she was such a huge star in the late 90s and then kind of disappeared and popped back up, I think, for most people, right around Spartacus. That yeah, new Spartacus, Spartacus show. Spartacus is where I last saw her. Um, that show's not, not good, but she was good in it. No. Well, stars with a Z. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. You know it's great, right? <laughs> but what else is going to be great? Our episode today, obviously. Yes, absolutely. Welcome to Cigarette Burns, a movie podcast. Today we are talking about National Treasure. You damn right we are. I can't wait. We are stealing so many declarations of independence today. Oh, so many. Mr. Matlack won't know what the fuck hit him. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about how they were worried about him anyway. Yeah, we'll real there. worried about Mr. Matlack. We don't want him <laughs> offending anything. <laughs> He's going to fuck up everything. Um, well, before we get into National Treasure, why don't we uh, go over some uh, movie reviews? Cole, have you been uh, watching anything? I have. I watched a couple of things. Uh, first one was Leaving Neverland. I'm sure everybody's been hearing about that documentary about Michael Jackson. And uh, it, it stars, I guess, for lack of a better word, two of his accusers. One, Wade Robson, who was the really famous choreographer. The other, Jimmy Safechuck. And it's just heart-wrenching. I mean, it's it's heavy. It's gross. I mean, it, the, the, the stuff that not only is being alleged, but also is, is sort of so clearly terrifying you know, and, and how these guys are dealing with that abuse is is just brutal. But the weirdest thing that hopped out to me was the the parents of these guys. Yeah, I, me too. The stuff that they're talking about doing, it, you know, not so much on the abuse, but you you look at it and you just go, how as a parent could you have ever thought any of this shit was okay? Like any of it? Yeah, it that was a rough one to watch, man. I gotta I gotta admit, like that was that was yeah. really tough because what these parents did and how they talked about Michael as being another member of the family and how he would kind of insert himself in, uh, it's just really it's a rough one. Yeah, it is, and it's extraordinarily well made. Like it's a yeah. well made documentary. I mean, as far as as far as a piece of film or TV, I, I give it an eight out of ten. It's really, really well done. Some really scary footage, in my opinion, but it's worth a watch. Just know what you're getting into. Know that it's it's really heavy and it, it's terrifying. Really, I, I mean, I don't even think you have to have kids to be terrified of it. It's just it's a it's a predator. You know, and that's that's tough to watch. You're going to want to follow it up with some kind of comedy. Right. And I did because I because I care about you guys and I don't want to bring you down. Uh, I want to talk about I think this is our first TV show that we're reviewing. I think so. Yeah. Is AP Bio. That's uh, the Glenn Howerton, Patton Oswalt show where basically if, if we got any It's Always Sunny fans out there, which if you're not an It's Always Sunny fan, you should become one because it's a great show. I am. I'm an It's Always Sunny fan. Yeah. The, the <laughs> premise of <laughs> the, the premise of this show is Dennis Reynolds becomes a high school teacher and he's a disgraced Harvard professor and so he's going back to his hometown and it's all about him trying to get revenge on his nemesis and it's uh it, it's way funnier than most stuff that I think hits the you know the network television landscape that's good I hope it keeps going there in the first season and that's all I'm reviewing right now so if you've seen season two and you think it's something way different than what I'm saying I'm only talking about season one but it is a little repetitive in the first few episodes, but I find that for most shows that are trying to find an audience where they have to feel like they have to reintroduce the characters over and over and over again because they don't have that, you know, sort of callback from seeing the first, second, or third episode. So once it gets past that, I think it's really funny that the kids who play the students are really good. The standout there is Aparna Brielle. She plays Sarika. Really good. Really funny. I expect she'll 
definitely have a, a long career. But Michael Patrick O'Brien, who wrote on SNL for years, created it. And it's just sharp. It's funny. Patton Oswalt is... I always love Patton Oswalt and everything I've seen him in. I mean, I know he's really famous and I know people know him for stand-up. But why he has not had more of an individual acting career. And I know Ratatouille and I, I know King of Queens. He was on that. I, I know he's been around forever and he's been in stuff. But God... He's just so funny. One of the best parts of Parks and Rec, the entire series, was when he goes up there and does his filibuster on Disney and the MCU and Star Wars, and and that was yep. all off the cuff. It was hilarious. No, he's he's great in it, and uh, it's just a good show. I, I check it out. It's streaming on Hulu right now. At least the first season is. I know you can see it on NBC. Cool. I give it seven point two out of ten. So I hope it, I hope it stays on because it's it's pretty damn funny. Nice. What you been looking at? Uh, so I saw a couple films. I saw Captain Marvel, which I give a 6.4 out of 10. Uh, this film has some rough spots, but it's a decent entry into the MCU. It's not the best. It's not the worst. Brie Larson, in my opinion, does a fine job, but she has to get better at the quippy dialogue because that's what the MCU has. You're going to have that back and forth. You're going to need that. And so Samuel Jackson, obviously a master at that. And so those two trying to play off each other didn't quite work amazingly at times. Really heavy on the 90s nostalgia, and it has a great Stan Lee cameo that just kind of circles back to everything, and really, really well done. I enjoyed that part. Decent action scenes, and it honestly gets me really pumped for Endgame. Um, so that thing's coming out, I believe, at the uh, end of April. So that's I'm very, very excited for that. Yeah, I, I know I've got a lot of catch-up to do, because uh, I'm nowhere near prepared to be able to even see Captain Marvel yet, because I'm a good 10 Yeah, you've behind, got a lot, so. of, a lot of work cut out for you. And with this stuff going off of Netflix, you know, with Disney Plus when that comes out, you're going to have to watch as many as you can. So get that yeah. done. Or just get Disney Plus. Or just know. get another streaming service. That's right. You cut, you cut the cord so that now you can just pay. For every streaming service. Way more. Yep. <laughs> around. Yep. Um, I also saw Triple Frontier, speaking of streaming services, on Netflix. Give that a 6.9 out of 10. Really good cast. Uh, has some decent action scenes that are uh, aggressive, I guess I would say. Um, and it has a sense of realism that all J.C. Shandor films do. And you cool if I take a second here? To, I have a J.C. Shandor story, actually. Yeah, you've been on this soapbox for years, and I think it's one worth hearing, so knock yourself out, man. So, um, he's directed films such as All is Lost, Margin Call, and A Most Violent Year, and all of his films have a real sense of realism to them. Um, All is Lost, I thought, was a great film. I really don't know if anyone saw Robert Redford stranded on a boat in the middle of the ocean, um, and he has to survive, and it it's so enthralling just to see him go through... He's such a great actor to begin with, but just to see him go through... Uh, everything that he does in order to survive and, and what would you do in that situation kind of stuff. Um, but J.C. Shandor, after, on the heels of A Most Violent Year, was signed up to direct Deepwater Horizon and wanted to approach it like he does everything else from as realistic a standpoint as possible and wanted to make a true-to-life film. Mark Wahlberg was already attached to the film at this time, and he was like, okay, Mark Wahlberg is playing this electrician character who's kind of in the beginning and kind of in the end of the film. So basically his script was Mark Wahlberg's only going to be in like 20 minutes of this movie and it's going to be an exploration of what happened with the with the spill and all that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you trying to tell me that Mark Wahlberg's ego potentially fucked up a movie? I can't really speak to what exactly happened, but in the end... <laughs> <laughs> in the end, it's an exploding love story? In the end, Shandor was fired. Pete Berg came in, said, 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you There's guys. There's a solution. <laughs> he comes in and he says, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make you guys love Mark Wahlberg's character. And at the 30 minute mark, I unleash hell. <laughs> and so we're going to have the explosions. It's going to be a survival story. So everything that Shandor wanted this film to be, to tell the true story, throw out the fucking window, throw it in the water. Whatever you want. and Nicely done. <laughs> well done, sir. And uh, you ended up with the Deepwater Horizon that we got, which was fine. But honestly, I wanted to see the J.C. Shandor version. So that's my J.C. Shandor story. I know it's a little long. Uh, but this movie, Triple Frontier, Oscar Isaac just needs to be in more things. Um, he's such a good actor. And this, this thing explores themes of greed and serving country. And Ben Affleck is pretty rough in this fucking film. You can tell that, like, rehab was around the corner. <laughs> It's it's some rough he it's some rough Affleck he, man. He doesn't look great in the trailer. He just looks struggling. Weathered, you know? I believe, is the term that I would use. <laughs> uh, he's got some pain behind those eyes. <laughs> but anyway, those are those are what I've been watching. So let's get right on into National Treasure. All right, damn right. All his life, Benjamin Gates has searched for a treasure no one believed existed. Don't you get it, Ben? The treasure is a myth. Dad. I refuse to believe that. But what he thought was the final clue... 108 years of searching and I'm three feet away. ...is only the beginning. The Declaration of Independence. You think there is a treasure map on the back of the Declaration of Independence? The map is invisible. Why would we make this up? Where's your proof? We don't have it. Did Bigfoot take it? Word about the map is bound to get out. Ian's gonna try to steal it. 90 seconds. The only way to protect the Declaration is to steal it. What? You will go to prison, you know that, right? Yeah, probably. Nicholas Cage. National Treasure. Oh man, I'm so excited. Can watch yep. this movie over yep. and over again, which I have. I I have. I've I've seen this movie easily 30 times. It's one of those where it doesn't matter when you tune in. You're like, oh, I'll watch that scene. I'll watch this scene. This is great. I can pick it up from here. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you lost your entire afternoon. Yeah. To watching National Treasure, which is a good afternoon. That's just what that is. <laughs> yeah. I'm not complaining about that. Uh, this film was directed by John Turtletob, who was coming on the heels of Cool Runnings while you were sleeping. <laughs> Phenomenon. <laughs> Has there ever I'm been, sorry. like, three amazing back-to-back films that a director has managed to do? I, I know Francis Ford I, Coppola has a couple. Steven Spielberg <laughs> has gone on some runs. But you're telling me Cool Runnings, which was a massive hit and just a real good feel-good movie. While You Were Sleeping, one of the best rom-coms out there. It Sandra is. Sandra Bullock, it is. great entry in her in her catalog. You're forgetting about The Kid. Like, how are you forgetting know, about I, Disney's The Kid? I was going to let you talk about The Kid because I just want to say, I know there's a lot of people out there who probably don't like the movie Phenomenon with John Travolta. You guys are wrong. It's a, it's a real good movie. <laughs> It's really good. I love that movie. Dude has telekinesis. How can you not like the movie? I just want all of our listeners out there to know that apparently if you have an opinion that's different than Jack, <laughs> you're just wrong. We don't want to talk about it. You're just wrong. If it's about phenomenon, yes. In that case, that's <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, no. He, uh, he did The Kid. I still... You were right on the money with Cool Runnings, man. That movie's great. Yep. And then he, you know, you look at, I think about John Turtletop, for some reason I thought he did a lot more movies, but it turns out he just did some really good ones and then not much else. But uh, this is after the kid, he sort of gets into the National Treasure franchise that I don't think was meant to be a franchise, but... (laughs) Definitely not. Here we are. I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath every day for the announcement of National Treasure 3. Well, I've heard that they have to do a lot of research for these movies. They want to be historically <laughs> accurate. 
And so it takes time <laughs> right. to really get these scripts rolling. Yeah, I mean, you can't, I mean, can't fuck with that. No, you cannot, you cannot mess with it. And, you know, John Turtletop, if you look at his IMDb, as you said, not a ton of stuff there. But it's so dense because every film is just so influential and advances filmmaking <laughs> that it just takes a few years before he can actually do something else, right? Well, I mean, I mean, how many years is his passion project, The Meg? Was that sitting around before he was able to bring that to the big screen? Well, I think he he he, he talked to Spielberg on that one. They right. they conversed a bit, um, and he wanted to get some inspiration on there. And when he found Jason Statham, he's like, <laughs> "I got it. This is the guy." Do you think he he looked at Spielberg and he was like, "Look." I get that people like Jaws, but I feel like you missed a lot of opportunity. Yeah, you, so you did. So you, you really whiffed kind of on Jaws, and I'm sick and tired of you being able to eat lunch on that for the rest of your life. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make a better version. I'm going to make a better version. And you know what? I'm going to market it to China because a lot of people there that watch movies, and this movie can make a ton <laughs> over there. So. Yeah, didn't didn't it make about 48 bucks here and like $600 million overseas? It, I believe it made a lot overseas. And uh, yeah. Yeah. But this uh, National Treasure, so let's start talking about that because this has some crazy people in the movie. This is a great cast. I mean, it's in this movie, I remember when it came out and I don't, people weren't like talking or, or pubbing National Treasure a bunch. It was just, you know, hey, check out Nick Cage is in another movie. And it ends up making $175 million. I mean, it, it did it did obviously well enough to get that second one, but it's got a cast of a bunch of people you know or had seen. And it turns out they just worked well together. The, the chemistry is just really good with all of them. The chemistry is great in this film. I mean, Nick Cage coming off of Adaptation, for which he got a Best Actor nomination. I love that film, and I love his performance in that movie. His performance really in that film. movie is, is, I mean, he plays two characters which are look the same but are completely opposite, and he pulls that shit off. This is part of the debate, which we'll get into, I'm sure, of is yep. Nick Cage good or bad? And I think the answer <laughs> is it really fucking depends. Okay, thoughts on Nicolas Cage. I think he's a genius. I mean, he keeps getting hired for some reason, and it's not because of his hair. I don't know. If I was in 70 films over 30 years and I spent each one talking at random volumes, I might accidentally win an Oscar. I think our opinions about pop culture are fed to us by machines designed to criminalize human autonomy. Good one. Dear God. Okay. Oh, stand by. Give him space. Nicholas Cage, good or bad? Challenge, certainly, but not insolvable because all actors have distinct values, which I use to find answers. Abed, how much Nicolas Cage did you get? Enough! I watched enough to find <laughs> the answers <laughs> because this, this is my reality. This is how I learned to be, and my being doesn't allow for Nicholas freaking Cage, okay? Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh! 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 Oh, I'm a cat. I'm a sexy cat. That's about as well as you can sum it up. Yeah, that's that's about... I don't know that we can do better than that. Nope. Also coming off Matchstick Man at this time, uh, which a film yeah. that I love, Ridley Scott film. Um, Sam Rockwell, I think it was the first time I'd really seen Sam Rockwell, and he was so yeah, good in that it movie. Yeah, it was, it, was it was a softer 
version, I would say, of Catch Me If You Can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was that Ridley Scott era where he was sort of, I don't know, sampling the Spielberg catalog, I guess would be the nice way to say it. I had never really thought uh, about that until you mentioned it, but you're absolutely right. But, you know, it was, I think this was a weird choice for Nick Cage at that point, because I think the adaptation was sort of the reintroduction of Nick Cage. Because we had the Leaving Las Vegas, he's doing great, he's amazing, he won an Oscar, maybe he's the next generation, maybe he's going to be the best actor for 10 or 15 years. And then he's like, yes, I'm going to do The Rock, yes, I'm going to do Con Air, like, I'm going to be in those movies, okay? <laughs> well, and he won he won the Academy Award for Leaving Las Vegas, and he beat out, I believe, Richard Dreyfus for Mr. Holland's Opus. So once you do that, I mean, you've climbed the mountaintop. I mean, and he took that win, and he decided, I'm going to win an Oscar and immediately do... The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, City of Angels, Snake Eyes, 8mm, gone in 60 seconds. Do you think he was just taking everything that was offered to him at that point? Like, like you mean was taking everything that was offered to him? <laughs> That's a good point. Well, he's got castles to pay for. I think he named his son Kal-El. Yeah, well, like... obviously. <laughs> I get that. But yeah, no, Nick Cage, I, I just remember thinking, at least to myself, I guess I don't want to put this on anybody else, but I thought, man, this is kind of a weird, back to the action films uh, of the 90s for him, which was a weird step, especially after getting that Academy Award nomination, but fucking work, man. And it makes me look back and say, I wish he would have done more action movies, because he's good in them. He's very good in them, yes, absolutely. He gets, he gets the tone. So who else is in this film with him? So yeah, it was a really good choice, you know, for him, and he makes great choices in the movie. And then you know he's in there with Diane Kruger and Sean Bean, who for those Sean Bean fans out there, this is one of the very few films he doesn't die in. So get excited, okay? That's true. It's very exciting. And TV shows he doesn't die in. Spoiler alert. Yeah, so he might have died in prison at the end of this movie, but we don't know that, and he doesn't show up in the <laughs> in the second one. So whatever. Nope. Uh, Diane Kruger coming off of Troy, which was a big old disaster of a movie. Yeah, Not her fault though. Not her fault. Um, I thought she was. Perfectly good in that movie. I actually like her in a lot of stuff, particularly uh, Tarantino Man when she was in Inglorious Bastards. She's so fucking good in that movie. Yeah, she's great in that. We have a couple of old timers that show up in this movie for paychecks. I think we... <laughs> John Voight's all in. Is this not one of your favorite John Voight performances? <laughs> this isn't. No, this does not <laughs> this rank up not... there. No, no, no. This isn't Varsity Blues, man. Okay, good. And then we good got Harvey Keitel, who I, maybe he was just in town for a couple days. I mean, only has the name Sadusky in this film. Can't even give him like a first and last. I don't know why he's there. I think they just asked him when he was like, yeah, no, I'll be in your movie. They're like, just if you want to name it, like whatever you want to do, I don't, we just, doesn't matter. You, maybe you tell it was, us. Uh, maybe it was a Dustin Hoffman in the holiday kind of thing where he just happened to be walking down the street and they're like, oh, we're filming a movie here. Uh, we're going to do a little graduate thing. Why don't you be in the blockbuster when we do that? And he's like, yeah, sure. And shows up in his fucking sweatpants and he's just like, there he is. He's in the movie. That's how Hollywood works. They did get a good, you know, 75 seconds out of Christopher Plummer. So yep, they, they definitely did. He's always good, man. He is good. Like, the, you know, this movie is very funny and there's a lot to make fun of. And trust me, we gone. We but, can definitely do that. But it's, the performances are fine. And this is one of probably the most understated Nick Cage performances you're going to find. He tries to eke in his Nick Cage-isms every yep. now and then. But yep. you know Turtle Tob's probably like, all right, first take, Nick, do what you want. Second take, we're going to do what I want, and we'll see which ones we take. You know, it's kind of like that Days of Thunder, like, his right. way, my yep. way. <laughs> I love the concept of him having a Days of Thunder directorial philosophy. Yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> um, so. Nick Cage plays Benjamin Franklin Gates. Yeah, yeah. 
little on uh, the nose there. Little bit on the nose. Um, <laughs> his grandfather, Christopher Plummer, uh, plays John Adams Gates. See, you got to read a little between the lines to get that one, though. You really do. John Voight <laughs> plays Patrick Gates. No middle name on that one. Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> Sean Bean plays Ian Howe. Diane Kruger plays Abigail Chase. And Justin Bartha plays Riley Poole. So we'll be referring to them as their characters throughout. I mean, how did we forget to mention Justin Bartha? Oh, we're going to mention him. And we're going to mention <laughs> his his vocal inflections that he chooses to make throughout this. His pronunciations, which are all over the fucking map. <laughs> I mean, every time I think of this movie, one of the first things I think of is, that isn't what I have on my computer. I'm like, what are you doing, Justin Bartha? What the fuck are you saying? He sounds a lot to me like uh, like a Teddy Ruxpin sometimes, or like a CNSA. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. He absolutely does. Oh, my God. So, this I will say, th- this film clocks in about 210-ish. And you could cut a little bit out of it, but that being said, it doesn't take any time to like get you into... The story, oh, it moves, you know. moves right along, yeah, right into they, the plot. They, they use Christopher Plummer at the beginning with a young child actor uh, to just sort of tell you the whole story of why we're looking for this treasure, right? And Which which yeah. was good, and I love the flashback war sequences from, you know, like the Crusades, which, by the way, as a quick history lesson, they really paint the Knights Templar to be, like, really good guys. I don't remember that being the story I learned. I don't know about you. <laughs> Uh, no, it wasn't the one I had learned either. Uh, some some vicious fools, if I recall. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, the Knights Templar come down. They put all this treasure together and all that crap. And this kid is just amazed. And yeah, he's glued. Although he asks like a really weird question when he looks at him. He's like, um, are we knights? No, dipshit. We are not knights. Like, what, what are you <laughs> I mean, talking about? On, are we what knights? Are you, what the fuck are you thinking? Already I'm like, this kid's going to be a moron. Like, Jesus. There's no, and that, that's the only plot point that I really have a problem with is that kid apparently ends up to go to fucking MIT. Like, no, <laughs> no, this little kid, that kid yeah, ain't going to MIT. No, no, absolutely not. So as you said, they had amassed this treasure forever. It, it, you know, had smuggled it into the new world and uh, the founding fathers had basically left clues as to where the treasure was because... The treasure was too powerful and too priceless for I whatever the fuck you want to say like whatever whatever myths you want to have. This around is it. a very powerful treasure. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this treasure fights back. There's regular treasure. There's a lot of Egyptian <laughs> shit in this treasure too, man. Like there's a right. lot of stuff when you finally see it. But basically, like it's too much power for one one person to have, and we get one we're, clue. Which we're going to test that theory at the end of the movie. By the way, we definitely are. We definitely are. <laughs> Uh, we get one clue from the grandfather in the beginning there, um, and the clue is, the secret lies with Charlotte. That was my best Christopher Plummer that I could do. Not great. That might be the first time anyone's ever done a Christopher Plummer impression. <laughs> Without an accent, too. That's the best part. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, we get that clue, and that's the clue that the Gates family has had for like six fucking generations. And here's the thing. Every member of the Gates family has tried to solve this thing. Zero progress. They are still (laughs) stuck on the secret lives with Charlotte. They don't have, like, what I love is how this family kind of operates, apparently, in an obsession of this this treasure, right? Yep. What are they researching? What could they possibly (laughs) be looking for? That's what I was wondering, too. It's like, you're spending your entire life? What the fuck? All I'm picturing is the American, or the uh, A Beautiful Mind board. With just one piece of paper stuck in the middle. For 150 years, one piece of paper stuck in the middle. Hold on, not one piece of paper. You got to also have that line drawn and a question mark. (laughs) That's, well, I recall, that's how those things work. 
Just a just another little notepad next to it. Still don't know. Still, still, still don't still know. Wondering about Charlotte. Who is this bitch? Where's that secret? <laughs> what is the secret? I mean, I mean <laughs> come on. So I love that they cut and they do a hard cut. Like this is some turtle top genius here. <laughs> hard cut from the telling the story to now we're in the Arctic. We're in the okay? Arctic. That's it. So we we're in the we Arctic. Get, we're we looking current for Charlotte. Day ben Gates. I also had a little question though about uh, the. Costume designer in this film, and yep, I don't know yep. the person's name. I'm, I apologize; that's bad research on my part. But curious to me that doesn't this seem like they're they're a team, like they're they're on an expedition together as a Absolutely, team? Absolutely, a total team. Man, everybody's sporting different gear. We got some Canada Goose down jackets. We got some North Face jackets. What, what you got it? You got to coordinate. I agree with you that it. And then she just let Harvey Keitel wear every denim shirt he could find. <laughs> Yeah, but basically, like, we're in, like, Ian Howe, uh, Sean Bean's character, hmm. yep. they've been working with him for, like, two years, and now they're in the Arctic Circle, right? And they're looking for Charlotte. And his hair is looking fucking tremendous. Oh, there's a there's a big battle of the hair in this film. I think you got yeah. the three principals. You got Nick Cage. You yep. got um, you got Sean Bean's character. And then you got John Voight's character, all really competing for who can have the weirdest looking hair. <laughs> And frankly, I would follow Sean Bean's hair in this film to the Arctic. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm in. <laughs> it's all good. That's true. That's a good point. But yeah, so they're going through and there's this... Thank you for smoking describes it the best when they're trying to figure out how to smoke cigarettes in space. And <laughs> they're like, And they're like, just just invent the thing and then throw in a narrative line that's like, this is why we can smoke in space. Oh, yeah. Well, and, thank God we invented the whatever the fuck, so now we can do this. <laughs> right, exactly. And there's maybe the best example I can think of it comes from our boy Riley. How could this shit wind up way out here? Well, I'm no expert, but it could be that the hydrothermic properties of this region produce hurricane force ice storms that cause the ocean to freeze and then melt and then refreeze, resulting in a semi-solid migrating landmass that would land a ship right around here. And now we've solved all the plot hole devices or the, yeah. all the plot holes in the film. This is how the Charlotte ends up in the Arctic Circle. Which I, I think before they make the trip to the Arctic, because Howe's crew seems pretty tight. Like his crew of goons seems like they're pretty pretty well locked in. And they've they've done a lot of, uh, I guess, theft and crime together. Yeah, it sounds so like I, it. I feel like there's communication between all of them. But it feels like that one of the guys in the film, it's like his first day on the fucking job. Because he has not been, ex- this has not been explained to him before apparently. And he literally looks out the window on this gigantic expanse of the Arctic and goes, I, I don't see a ship. Yeah, that was, I, a great, that was a great line <laughs> delivery by him, by the way, because I believe that he was really a moron. Did, he, did they think he was going to get out to the Arctic and be like, oh, there's a big fucking ship just like right on top of everything. That's, <laughs> Why has no one else seen this thing on the I snow? Mean, you guys, I can't believe nobody has found you. It took you 150 years to find the Charlotte. It's been right here. Right here. Oh man, it's it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. So the Charlotte turns out to be a ship, and he finds. I mean, he got so lucky finding that. First of all, it turns out it's about three inches below the snow. Yeah, no, he he had to do a lot of work. There was a lot of scientific and, investigation, and he literally finds the one piece of the ship that says Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just right there. I think we're supposed to learn Ben Gates, lucky guy, very lucky guy. So he finds they find the ship and they go down and there's a lot of gunpowder and there's a lot of obviously dead bodies but there's one specific barrel that the captain is like guarding so Gates he clocks it right away he knows oh, some shit, fucking Sherlock Holmes deduction there Jesus absolutely he's like what? there's why is the captain guarding this barrel maybe because he fucking died and he his body just limped over and fell on that barrel that's no that's Cole a possibility. you're wrong that's not why. 
I'm sorry. I apologize. It turns out this barrel has a fucking pipe in it. And Gates decides, oh, I know what this kind of pipe is. Breaks it off. It's like, oh, there's a scroll <laughs> on here. I know what kind of what kind of pipe. Oh, that's a meerschaum pipe, dog. You don't know that's what a meerschaum pipe is? Come on, who doesn't know what kind of pipe that is? <laughs> Anyone who has the extensive American history background that Gates has will know that. So he knows that pipe, and so he breaks it off, gets some blood. Got to put the you know take the take the scroll part of the pipe, see what's on there, and then we get this classic riddle. The legend writ, the stain affected, the key in silence, undetected, 55 in iron pen, Mr. Matlock can't offend. It's a riddle. I mean, it took him 150 years. I got worried at this point of the film because it took him 150 years to solve five (laughs) words. I'm like, shit. I, I mean... They're never going to figure this thing out. Turns out, Ben Gates is our boy. He knows it, man. Two minutes, nine seconds. His life has been yep. leading to this point, okay? Yep. All his all his research and knowledge has been like, oh, well, they said this, they said that, Mr. Matlick, fuck this, I got it, y'all are dumb. And what, what I love about him figuring this riddle out is when he explains who Timothy Matlack is, mm-hmm. it sounds like Timothy Matlack was a one-trick pony in his life. Like, his obituary is like, <laughs> Timothy Matlack scribbled the Declaration of Independence. Like, that's the only thing that was there. <laughs> Didn't write it, transcribed it. So now I feel like Nick Cage should have figured this riddle out faster. Yeah, like, I, I oh, agree with you. They put Matlack in here? Shit's got to do with the Declaration of Independence. I know it now. And so what they conclude, what he concludes is that the Declaration of Independence has an invisible map on the back of it. But they have to try and figure out, like, obviously, as he's going through this riddle, the whole group gets in on trying to figure this shit out, and then we figure out why Riley's in the movie. Unless... The key in silence could be... Prison. Albuquerque. See, I can do it too. Snorkel. Justin Bartha, you're a genius. He is a genius. He really is. When I talk about this movie to my friends, and they probably get sick of me talking about it, that's how I bring it up. <laughs> just, just, hey, Al- Albuquerque. Snorkel. See, I can do it too. <laughs> just... it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's a good line delivery there. One of the few that he has. Yeah, no, um... he aces that. That's that's his contribution to the film. Justin Bartha nailed that line. Hit that <laughs> shit out of the park. Not to be outdone, because I feel like Nick Cage has a little competition in him. So if somebody nails a line, I think he wants to go the extra step. So this is how he solves this impossible riddle. Like he said, 55 and Iron Pen. Iron Pen is a prison. Or it could be since the primary writing medium of the time was Iron Gall Ink, the pen is it's just a pen. But then why not say a pen? Why... Why say iron pen? Because it's a prison. Wait a minute, iron pen. The iron does not describe the ink in the pen. It describes what was penned. It was iron. It was firm. It was mineral. No, 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 that's stupid. It was, it was firm. It was adamant. It was resolved. It was resolved. Mr. Matlack can't offend. Timothy Matlack was the official scribe of the Continental Congress, calligrapher, not writer. And to make sure he could not offend the map, it was put on the back of a resolution that he transcribed, a resolution that 55 men signed. The Declaration of Independence. So the kid who thought he was a knight for no reason <laughs> gets, gets to this. So You can go big, 
I can go bigger. That's Nick Cage's acting <laughs> philosophy, okay? So they figure out that, okay, now, now shit, everything's done. We can't get the Declaration of Independence. I've been looking at this shit my whole life. And apparently Ian Howe is the only problem solver that's making plays in this fucking film because he's the one who's like, no, dog, we just take it. We just get it. And Gates is like, I'm having none of that. Which, to me, like, what did you think when you saw this? Is it like, was Gates going to give up at this point? He's like, well, we can't get the Declaration of Independence. I know I've been looking for this my whole life, six generations. It stops here, though, dog, because I'm not going to be able to get that declaration. I'm not going to talk anyone into anything to be able to look at the back of it. So this is it. Yeah. No, Ian is the only one. And who did he think he was in business with, by the way? (laughs) That's another good point. With (laughs) limitless funds and all this (laughs) stuff. It's like, come on. When he when when Sean Bean's like I've done things of questionable legality, <laughs> it's like no shit. Look at you. Of course yeah. you have. Look at the dudes you hang around with. <laughs> like, come on. Fucking. Do we monsters. think there's going to be like mafia bosses in the Arctic? What are these guys doing here? <laughs> so, so Hal's making plays. He's figuring shit out. He's like, we'll just steal it. We'll give yeah. it back, but we'll steal it. We just gotta we gotta examine the thing. Done deal. And Gates at that point is like, fuck off. We're not doing that. <laughs> Definitely. I do not want to. I do not want to find this treasure. I'm having zero part of it. I'm giving up. That's it. We're good. And so Ian Howe's next problem solving uh, leads to the attempted murder of Ben Gates <laughs> and Riley Poole. Let's not forget. Eh. <laughs> so they blow up the ship because obviously it's filled with gunpowder that's been there forever. But I think Gates is the one who actually lights the uh, lights the match and kind of sets off the chain of events there. Yeah. Well, again, because. Gates, and this line actually comes from the next movie, but he gets lucky a lot. He does. (laughs) So he apparently knew, like, oh, all we got to do, blow this fucker up. We'll hide over here. We'll be fine. We'll just literally walk away from it. Yeah, he's like, there's a smuggler's hatch over here because I know everything about history and everything that ever has happened in history. So I know this thing's going to have a smuggler's (laughs) hatch. Done. (laughs) Maybe that's the only... uh, research they ever did into the charlotte was like oh we got the plans i did find the plans (laughs) to the charlotte probably found the plans it's some fucking drive-through somewhere because all these documents as we'll we'll discuss are available everywhere and just so easy right yeah yeah so they they obviously get out of that and it immediately jumps into well we gotta just kind of go rat on ian yeah let's go tip off the cia the fbi the nsa everyone we can who will actually listen to us for a minute we're going to tell them about this right and so that's where we meet dr abigail chase and there's really good chemistry between nick cage and uh diane kruger in this film like it's instantaneous too like it's i know i know films aren't made you know in order but our first meeting with them you you instantly see the connection she's making fun of him but sort of respects him from you know his knowledge of even even though he's under a nom de plume because apparently the Gates family's uh, misadventures are fucking famous and everybody knows who this family is <laughs> everyone knows like oh you're that crazy family with the founding fathers i mean of course i know who you are that's why you had to use a fake name well i mean they they hadn't they had not progressed past 1832 in their search for this thing so are they just I don't get it. I don't get that part of the film. Do you think they were going around all these generations telling people like, look, if you join me on this quest to find this treasure, (laughs) I will tell you what the clue is. It has to do with the founding fathers, but I'm not going to tell you the clue now because I don't want you to know where (laughs) the secret lies. But I'll tell you, and then they couldn't get anyone. Like Riley's the first person who's been like, yeah, I'm on board with this. Let's do it. Yeah, I'll quest with you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do want to point out, though, when Gates goes into uh, Chase's office for the first time, 
He notices that she has all the George Washington campaign buttons, but that she's missing one. And I think this is very good direction and very good writing because obviously Gates is the missing piece for Abigail Chase. Yeah, that's what that's why they did that. That's yep. exactly why that's, they did that. That was the depth of the screenwriting. It really thing, was. <laughs> to to actually give some credit to the screenwriting, there is no detail that is said in this movie that isn't meant to inform what's going to happen immediately after that thing. <laughs> that's so, right. She's missing the, you know, 98 inaugural or whatever it was and needs that button. Who has that button? I don't know. And, Who do we think? Ju- <laughs> just so you're not too confused, he then goes, I found one once. So now we know he has one. <laughs> yes, I found one once. Yep, he does <laughs> say that. So they're explaining to, to Dr. Abigail Chase about, uh, is she a doctor? I think she is, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, she, yeah, of course she, she is. is. Of course. Are you kidding me? PhD. And so she, they're explaining to her that the Declaration of Independence is going to get stolen and that there's a secret treasure map on the back. And she's like playing along and then she's like, oh, did Bigfoot take this? And all yeah. this kind of shit. And so then Gates But it's is funny. Like, it's a right, cute scene. It's all done. good. Yeah, yeah, we're done. Cool. We warned you. That's it. So now Gates is kind of like, well, shit, man, we got to do this ourselves. We got to stop him from stealing the Declaration of Independence by stealing it. Right. And, and they go walk to it in, you know... Uh, anybody who's been to the National Archives, that is definitely where they filmed it. It's just all these documents in sort of this half circle. And this scene has the greatest ventriloquist acting I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Because it goes on for a couple of minutes, and they're trying to talk so low and be so serious, yeah. the mouths don't move. So, But this scene does give us one of the most memed lines you'll ever see in film history. If it's any consolation, you had me convinced. It's not. I was thinking, what if we go public, plaster the story all over the internet? It's not like we have our reputations to worry about. Although, I don't think that's exactly going to scare Ian away. 180 years of searching, and I'm three feet away. Of all the ideas that became the United States, there's a line here that's at the heart of all the others. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism it is their right it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security people don't talk that way anymore beautiful huh no idea what you said it means if there's something wrong those who have the ability to take action have the responsibility to take action I'm going to steal it. <clears throat> what? I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. So we're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. That's how that's going to work. Yeah, I guess that's it. That's what we're going to do. Kicks off. I mean, this plot is already like racing by, and now we're just really, we're going through it. We go through this whole thing of basically at the Library of Congress, 20 million books, I think they said, but the plans for every secret place yeah. that you could find. Yep. Yep. Not just like plans, like blueprints, like printed in a fucking textbook of, hey, the preservation room is responsible for this, and we only take the declaration and documents there when this happens. What you didn't see was that book was actually called How to Steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Surprising that they had that at the library, but it, it's there. Very helpful one. Very helpful. And they, they actually put this plan, like, again, going to the absurd genius of Ben Gates. He figures out how to do this in about eight minutes. Yeah, it's not a problem for him. 
I mean, I guess they did have to walk to the Library of Congress. It's not the same <laughs> building. So there could have been some brainstorming sessions going down going down the street. But he puts it together pretty fucking quick. And Riley's obviously the tech guy. So he, he can handle all the tapping into security feeds. and He's got the glasses rates. on. That's how you know. He's got that's, the glasses. That's true. That is how you know. That is how you know. Um, we get a great montage here. As you said, they they do seem to have quite a bit of cash on hand in yeah, order to get all these all these they, things together. I'm I'm wondering if they either robbed Ian or why did they need him in general? Because they were able to put together uh, a decent a decent uh, heist plan on what seemed to be a pretty well funded budget. I mean, and also Gates lives in D.C. Right? So yeah, I mean that's not cheap rent. So he's nope, doing something nope. right. Yeah, you're you're. He's got some cash. Yeah. Not from not from finding treasure. We know that. <laughs> no, definitely not. Not yet. And basically, so he, the, the campaign button that he referenced earlier, he puts some invisible ink on there. He does some Photoshop in order to get the uh, the badge so that he can get in there as like a maintenance guy. Um, it's just, it works. The montage flows right away and you get right in there with, okay, yep. what's well, the and, plan and here? When it comes to a montage, the best one ever is obviously Rocky Four, but- yeah. I don't really remember ever seeing a bad montage. Like anytime a montage starts in a film, I'm like, yeah, I'm a, this could go on for 20 minutes. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's I I can't get enough of this kind of thing. Yeah, I I can't get enough of it either because I still love not only the Rocky one but Team America World Police. That one's phenomenal too. <laughs> well, you're gonna need a montage. You're That's gonna need it. a montage. You even have a song for the montage. It's perfect. So basically, they try to break in there. Their plan is is uh, Riley's going to use a green laser that anyone can see, attaches that to his camera, heats up the Declaration of Independence sensor so that they have to take it down to the preservation room. Abigail Chase is like, we need to do a full diagnostic scan. I want to replace all the sensors. Get that shit done now. And we kind of see that Hal goes a more destructive route. He's trying to break in there. He's just going to blow shit up. But here's what doesn't make sense to me. Like, how the fuck did Howe know where this thing was going to be, that it was going to be down yep. there and not up top? And with one of these plots, it just doesn't make sense. I, I just assume that he rented the book right after Ben Gates. <laughs> I think if you took the card out of the front of it, it says Ben Gates and then Ian Howe right under it. Exactly. So Gates is at this uh, this gala and he gets in there. He sneaks in there basically with that with that false ID. And he uses the same kind of glue trick to get her fingerprint from the champagne glass that was used in Beverly Hills Cop. I like that little nod there. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what that was too. I'm sure they were sitting around going, "What are the homages we can throw into this?" A lot this of depth film? in this one, man. A, A lot, lot of, of Easter depth. eggs in National Treasure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it, what's funny to me is. The Riley hacks into the video feed. He owns, you know, they own the video now. And then all this stuff kind of kind of happens. Gates relies on the fact that hopefully Chase is a hunt and peck typist so that whatever <laughs> well, finger she touched that that button with will work on the keyboard now. Well, they make they make the Library of Congress or the National Archives, rather, look like the easiest place to break into ever. He just walks in. It's like, yeah, I'm a worker. We're good. And they're like, yeah, all that. I can tell you right now, you still have to put shit and get searched. You got to put shit through the metal detector. You got to get searched top to bottom. It's not like if he walks through, because he has a lot of stuff like in his clothes. Yeah, he does. And he just, they're just like, nah, don't even worry about that. Just come on in. You got to. None of that like, you know. oh, sir, why are you wearing a tuxedo under your maintenance uniform? <laughs> that that looks quite odd. Nothing like that. But some of his best acting does come when he's trying to get Abigail to like, touch the glass yeah that's true i just i also enjoyed his breakdown of the uh the bravery that is our founding fathers a toast yeah to high treason that's what these men were committing when they signed the declaration had we lost the war they would have been hanged beheaded drawn and quartered and oh 
Oh, my personal favorite. Have their entrails cut out and burned. <laughs> so. And there's Nick Cage. He can't hold it off forever. He can't hold yeah. it off. You're going to have it. You're going to have it. Yep. You got it at the end. Put that little Nick Cage stank on it. It's all yep, good. That man, our boy makes a choice, okay? Yeah. He makes a choice there. He goes with it. But this scene really works for me because this, this whole heist, it's a great um, mix of tension and comedy throughout. It is. No, it's it, the, the tonality of this film is perfect. It really, it really is. And yeah, there's um, never a minute where National Treasure doesn't know what it is. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So basically, what happens is Gates ends up getting down there, gets the Declaration of Independence, decides that he's going to take it out of the the casing in the elevator because Howe's goons are down there. Yep, just rolled that motherfucker right up. Rolled it up and <laughs> goes into the gift shop to like hide out for a second, and then tries to walk out, and the and the lady stops him like, "Are you trying to steal that?" And it's like, "Oh, this thirty five dollars." Uh. Yeah, why don't I get two of them? You don't see him get two of them, but we know later on that he has two of them. And then he he runs outside. Abigail Chase sees him, um, and it's like, what are you doing? Oh, my God, is that the declaration? Riley's, like, trying to start the car to get the fuck out of there, and it's just like... What I love is that it's abandoned, though. Yeah, no, that that's the best... That's the actual best part of this entire plan, is somehow he was able not just to get her fingerprints, not, even, not just to figure out her password or to break into the preservation room. It was somehow... He coordinated for DC to have zero traffic. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck he pulled that off because now, that has never happened. I lived there for six months. I've had friends who've lived there for years. My wife lived there for four years. I've driven in that place, top to bottom, packed all the time. Yeah. But not tonight. Not on this night. Not on the gala night. No. People just stayed in. It's all good. Inconspicuous van on the street. <laughs> we're, we're set. It's fine. It's all it's all good. But good chase sequence. Good chase sequence comes after this, and and you know she's hanging on the door. A lot of upper body strength on her. Oh yeah, she's, no, she's, out. she's good. Yeah, that that yeah. that was that was a tough one because he gives her the one that he bought from the gift shop. They have the real one, but then Howe's guys grab her, and Gates Gates is a good guy, right? So he wants to go in this chase scene, and he wants to save her. And Riley Riley, hell of a tactical driver. Oh, really uh, don't, good. Yeah, don't, don't really know where he learned those skills, but he kept that van together. Yeah, he he did. And so basically they end up with the Declaration of Independence. So now you've got Riley, Abigail, and Gates, and they're all together. And now they're kind of thinking of, well, what's the next move? But, I mean, why? She tries to run away, but she also seems like she's in on this now. Like, she's she's with them. Yeah. And again, I think that just plays off the chemistry between her and Cage. Yeah. Because there's not really a line or anything that makes her seem like she's in until they actually see the map coming to life on the back of the the Declaration of Independence, but there there is tension between them. There is chemistry between them, and like you said, she tries to run away, whatever. But she's not being Henri, for lack of a better word. Like she's just sort of sitting, like I can't believe you guys did this. I can't believe you guys did this. I can't believe you guys did this. But you know, again, we have a cell phone issue. Like there's no, <laughs> yep. She text anybody she also before she left the archives, even though she was in a hurry to save the Declaration of Independence, did grab her coat. Well, it's cold out there, Cole. She, she did take some time to grab her coat, but yeah. it all it, it all comes together. It all works, and then we get to the sort of the aftermath where they're trying to figure out what they're doing, and we find out that Ben doesn't really have a great relationship with his dad because he's like, I don't want to have to tell my dad I did this shit. Yeah, because they've got to go to his dad's place, even though they had a clean room set up with all the diagnostic stuff, all the stuff they would need to actually run the tests on the on the declaration. But Ben. You know, they took Visa, so he gave him the Visa, so now he knows that the FBI is going to be right on him. So, hello, Harvey Keitel. 
and uh, who kind of basically plays a softer version of the wolf in this one. He really <laughs> does. A like, little, it's the same a character. little bit. <laughs> so we, we end up with, with that, and so now they have to go to, well, he, he needs these silence do-good letters, but his dad has them. He only had scans of the originals, and so basically we got to go to John Boyd's house. Well, and I, what I love is they were, you know, trying to describe these Silence Do Good letters as though everyone is supposed to know what they are. Did you know who Silence Do Good was when you saw this film? I barely knew who Benjamin Franklin was when I saw this <laughs> film, dude. Okay, so <laughs> no is the answer to that question. Because <laughs> I feel like this entire movie is written to make it really easy for everybody to figure out, but they want you to know how clever the clues are. Yeah, 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 yeah. The key in silence, undetected. Undetected. Yeah. So he <laughs> goes and Voight is... On a, I mean, he's throwing heat from the first line. He's <laughs> just looking at his, looking at his son. He's just like, "Where's the party? <laughs> Where's the I party? I've got I my robe it. on. I'm good to go. <laughs> I love it. Oh man, it's uh, Gates. Gates's dad is just not impressed that he found the Charlotte. He's kind of like, "Oh, it's a ship. Okay, cool." You and everyone in our fucking family has been spending their entire life trying to decode this goddamn clue. I figure it out, and also the next clue after it in like two minutes. And you're like, whatever, you wasted your life, blah, blah, blah. I wasted 20 years of my life. I had your mother. We kind of hint that the mom is dead, but we find out later <laughs> on she's not. But we'll just throw that in there. We found out after $175 million that she's not dead. We've yeah, got... she's not dead. In fact, she's Helen Mirren. So... Yeah, get Helen Mirren on the line. <laughs> but what I just can't believe is how his, his dad is just, it's kind of like he's Kilmer, but for this American history, you know, researching thing, he's like, ah, fuck you, you're an idiot. Well, this is where Kil- this is where Kilmore moved after he got run out of West Canaan. <laughs> exactly. Well, I also love that he tries to tell Ben, he's like, this is what happens, is there's just going to be another clue, and another clue, and another clue, and another clue. That's what the, that's what the, it's like, how do you know that? Because you never solved the first one. You never solved how the first you- fucking clue, so how do you know there's going to be another you- one? You would never know that there was going to be clue after clue after clue. It- Quitter. It- God, it's, it's ridiculous. So... <laughs> They end up using lemons and a and a hair dryer. Why does he have so many lemons? It's a lot of this lemons. guy is stacked with lemons. He was trying to get Jennifer Aniston from uh, the breakup, so got all the lemons. There you go. Got got to get baby her lemons. Yep. So basically, they they do these tests and they find all these different codes on there, and it turns out to be obviously what you and I already knew going in an Attendorf cipher. Uh, well, it was very clear that the strip had set it up to be an Attendorf cipher. Yes, um, of course. So That's what I would have gone with. We got we got Riley in the back eating pizza like he's never seen food before. <laughs> I could not believe the way he was eating that pizza. It made no... Like, does he not know how to chew? Like, like that's an interesting way to uh, digest, but hey, to each his own. Yep. Uh, but once, once, once they put you know the deck, the the lemon juice and the heat. Gotta have that heat. <laughs> Gotta have that heat. Gotta have. This is also a love story. This is a love story. This is this is okay. This is the point where I gotta I gotta take a step back. Do it to me. To me, this is Indiana Jones. I think the elevator pitch for this film was Indiana Jones. We need another one. Let's set it in two thousand four, and that's all I got. And <laughs> and they were like, yes, I want to make that film. And to me, this is a much better fourth installment of the Indiana Jones. Uh, franchise than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, but I digress. I agree with you. It, it has a lot of similarities. Um, it's just not as well directed as, like, as Indiana no, Jones. No, it's not. But, yes, there, there are a lot of similar plot points like guy finds treasure, always wants to give it to a uh, museum, doesn't want to keep it for himself, yep. falls yep. in love with somebody he's chasing a treasure. There are plot points that I guess are... But there's no, there's no whip, there's no hat... And there's no Harrison Ford, so I mean, 
there's some similarities, but Indiana Jones is ain't. So anyway, there there is like you said, there's this love interest going, and it's really good. And they they get they're they're examining the document. And all of a sudden, the cipher comes up, and that's the moment where Abigail's like, "Oh, now I'm I believe you 100." percent She's full on board. This is, yep, I'm all in. So they they kind of put together this outdoor cipher, and they're like, "Shit, we got to get out of here. FBI is on our ass." And so they take a car and a little bit of money from the dad, and they head to Philly because they got to get the silence do good letters because John Voight and his unending idiocy gave the silence do good letters away <laughs> to the franklin institute in philadelphia which takes us to philadelphia because the thing is we got to hit all the american history points right so we've started in dc and now we're going to philly yeah and other than the liberty bell and cheesesteaks does philly offer us anything that's all you need <laughs> that's you don't need much, more than that yeah that's no. pretty much it so they um they basically go there and then riley because he's like concerned and everyone's concerned like how is on there is on their trail, and how also figures out that the silence do good letters are there because the S is capitalized in the clue, and you only do that when it's like a name. It's a name. It's yeah. a name. Yeah. How is how is really smart? He's a smart guy, and I like I like Sean Beam. I like how's char- you know his character in this film. I like how um, he's he's evil at times, but not like crazy evil or anything he's like just, that. He no, just he's he wants this fucking treasure. He's just determined. Yep. Exactly. Okay. And I also enjoy I also enjoy the little bit where like when the bad guys are on the computer they're always using Yahoo. <laughs> when the good guys are on the computer they're always using Google. I don't know how they, I don't know why that choice was made, but that's true. That's a nice again. There's layers and depths to this script. The onion of this script is endless. <laughs> so they get this kid to work for him. Yep. They're like we we need a little child labor in the film. So they have a kid go in. And check, you know, all the letters. And they really are humming along with figuring out these clues now. So they get they get the whole, uh, or Riley gets all the letters together. And he gets really excited that, you know, he knows, oh, God, it's it's the Liberty Bell. He goes back and he says, here's what the clue is, pass. And so they're like, oh, obviously it's the Liberty Bell, idiot. So, you know, <laughs> Riley gets put in his place again. Again. But and- he gets he gets to have, put them in their place real quick right after that. Because yeah. they're trying to figure out at what time this shadow cast on the liberty bell and all this stuff and so like ben gates is like oh shit on a hundred dollar bill there's the whatever that independence hall the housing of it and i'm gonna look and he takes the water bottle all that stuff oh i know what time it is oh shit we missed it for today and then riley's like no we didn't daylight because riley's a fucking genius yeah i do want to point out though riley does say daylight savings and technically it is daylight saving time because you are saving time Wow. Wow. <laughs> I got to throw one of those in every now and then, man. Come wow. On. That's that's where we are, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Hal also figures out the Liberty Bell fairly quickly, so they all end up there, and this culminates in a in a chase scene. And can I just say that that shadow, very specific. Yep. Like that, I mean, these and these clues are just coming fast as you can find them, and they are figuring them out even faster. And like, yeah, no, that brick's that brick, right there. It has a Freemason Incons- symbol on it. Yeah, inconspicuously stamped with a Freemason symbol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful glasses. Gorgeous. Beautiful glasses. Benjamin Franklin, man could design some glasses. Yeah. And so, again, they figure out that very, very quickly. But then they get caught with how we have our chase scene where we've got Nicolas Cage running, which uh, he he's an athletic guy. He he was in, he was just jacked in Con Air. And Ghost Rider. And, so, and Ghost, well, obviously Ghost Rider. <laughs> forgotten classic. But he just looks a little uncomfortable running in this film. It, it kind of, I had flashbacks to like Jack Nicholson in The Departed. 
with like limbs just flailing everywhere. Yes. Like nothing's nothing's in sequence. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's like how do you stay upright? I don't get it. But these are the, as much as I like the chase sequence uh, here. This is where the movie starts to me. Like we could have tightened up the chase sequence a little bit. Yep. Gotten on to the next thing because nothing really gets accomplished other than we get to the end. Abigail falls. Ian gets the uh, declaration, and then Gates gets caught by the FBI. Yeah. Which all that's really important stuff. It's just kind of a long chase sequence with guns going off, and it's basically let's take a tour of Philadelphia. So yeah. that could have, you know, we we could have shaved a couple minutes there, but at the end of the day, Gates is with uh, Harvey Keitel, mm-hmm. and you know Justin Bartha and and Abigail Chase come around the corner, and they're like, oh nope, stay away, get away, yep. go back. So they didn't get caught, and then Ian gets away with the declaration, and we now get to the FBI where. You know, we really get, I think one of the most important scenes is when they show Harvey Keitel's fingernails, that fucking pervert. <laughs> like, what was going on? All I could all I could think of when I saw his fingernails, because they're that, they're that creepy length a little bit. They're just a little long. And all I could think of was uh, in doubt. Oh, yeah, that scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman is talking about, like, manicuring <laughs> yeah. your nails and shit. He's like, I keep, I keep mine a little longer, but they're neat. They're clean. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And you are also going to go after children, you fucking freak. Yeah, that 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 was rough. That was a rough one. That's true. And so when I saw those fingernails on Harvey Keitel, I was just like, gross. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're also showing his hands so they can show that he is part of the Freemasons. He's got that Freemason ring symbol thing. Um, and, and basically what ends up happening is Chase calls up uh, Hal makes a plan with them to help rescue Ben from the FBI. So then Hal calls up Ben, says, meet us at the observation deck, um, and we'll do a handoff. You can have the glasses. Uh, I just want us to, like, get the final clue, and then I'll go off and and do my own thing. And so we get there, and it does not go to according to plan of what the FBI is thinking is going to happen. No, a lot of conspicuous technology being used to uh, jam the signals, as it were. Yeah. But I do, I do love how when Gates is talking to Harvey Keitel, that Keitel's like, yeah, no, I know the treasure and all this stuff. And I've got a really good friend of mine. I actually lived with him in D.C. that is a Mason. Uh, I won't say his name because I don't know if that's allowed. Oh. But <laughs> but I, I now need to ask him, like, so when you become a Mason, do they tell you this story about, like, <laughs> finding the treasure? Because, again, how does everybody know about this treasure? <laughs> That's a good point. I don't understand. That's a good point. So how get, they, they set up and Gates jumps in the water and he's like, I'm really sorry. I'm not against you, Sadusky, but I found a, I found a different way to get out of this and I'm well, going to take it. Gates does not want to go to jail. He's very clear that no. jail is not where he wants to be ever. And so, you know, Sadusky keeps telling him, well, somebody's got to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see Sadusky return to that point a, a little later, but... He gets out, he goes across the Hudson, and then, you know, we have this this gem. Agent Dawes, do you have a visual? Can you see gates in the water? Sir, it's the Hudson. Nothing is visible. <laughs> there you go. Again, sharp, sharp writing. Yeah. Just on it. Really good. Really good comedy there. <laughs> so he gets, you know, he has the glasses. He looks um, on the back with Howe uh, and the declaration. And he sees uh, beneath Parkington Lane and here at the wall. So so we get these two clues here. And what does Gates' dad say? Of course, John Voight, always supportive of his son in this film. Just another clue. Again, how the fuck would you know that? Like, <laughs> And at this point, how are you not 
100% invested in what your son is doing because that clue you had forever and your family had forever, solve that one. Solve the next one. Now he's working on solving this one. Like, cut the guy at some fucking slack here, dude. Yeah, th- there's none of that. Like, I, I really believe John Voight basically got into it when he's like, ooh, I think we're close to money now. Like, it takes another couple clues <laughs> yes, to be like, okay, okay, yep. now yep. now we're cooking with gas. This is nice. Yep. So, you know, they, they figure out those clues and then they go and uh, all of them get to the Trinity Church yep. in New York. This is where I don't want to say the movie starts to lose me from a logistic standpoint, but <laughs> has there never been a survey of this ground? Like, there's a, apparently this church sits on an endless cavern of nothingness like how is this never been located well again i think um they used a plot device there similar to the thank you for smoking it's like even though the subway like runs so that you can fucking feel the subway under the church it's like oh we're under the we're under the cemetery so they're not going to fuck with any of the ground under the cemetery because you know that's hollowed ground and all that kind of shit well played so i think i think that's kind of what they were what they were intimating there um, so we get down there, they find that Parkington Lane is a dude, you know, who's just chilling in his casket because he's been dead for right. a long time. He's just chilling. <laughs> he's just, he wasn't doing a ton. <laughs> Not doing a ton. Um, and they find that, oh, okay, cool. There's like a fucking creepy tunnel that we can just go down at the end of this, at the end of this yep. thing. Fuck it. Let's do it. I like it. All in. All in. So they all go down there. I think a couple of, uh, the goons stay up top. I'm not sure why Voight has to go with them. The goons could have just watched him. I mean... He, he's an well, older I, dude. It's like, come on. No, I think they were using him as basically a, a leverage to say, hey, we're bringing your dad down here, so don't fuck around with us down here because we will take care of your father. Yeah, but something tells me they realize at this point that Gates cares way more about Abigail Chase than he does about his dad. Yes. Well, I would too. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? That's just the way, to, the way to do it. So they see these fucking stairs. They like this chandelier that's there, and all of these stairs that look like, you know— as uh, Patrick Gage puts it, like 200 years of termite damage. Yeah, yeah. Not a safe, and w- I'm not going to say not well constructed because it's been there for a while. But this is this is not a uh, this is not a safe trek they're getting ready to go. No, on. but they do they do get on the old dumb waiter. They they do. But right before they're about to go down these stairs and make this this trek, Gage finally kisses Chase. It's about time. Okay, it's about fucking time. And she gives him that look. You know, I mean, she's. She's ready for this. She wants this. This is this is happening. Yeah, it was it was a it's been a slow burn. It really has. It really has. Yeah. Um, and so one of the guys, Shaw, one of the henchmen, he dies. The stairs just start falling apart. It's this whole thing. Like we got to save the declaration. We got to save Chase. We got to make sure everyone's okay. And Gates just fucking like drops Chase onto this onto these stairs. Like, and I'm thinking the whole time, like all the stairs are collapsing around you. You like, oh, that looks solid over there. We'll drop you onto those. Yep, yep. We'll just throw you over there. It'll be fine. But they're such a perfect match because she says, oh, I would have done the same fucking thing. Got to save that declaration. At this, at this at this, point, they're like, I mean, there are like three other copies of the Declaration of Independence, by the way. And you pretty much, I mean, yeah, that's... that's That that was another point. question of mine, which was like... That's a very good map? point, actually. Did they put this on the back of all the copies of the Declaration of Independence? I didn't even think about that. Oh, man. This is like mind-blowing right now. <laughs> I'm just crazy. dropping dimes, man. I'm just saying there's options, people. There's a lot of options. Get Turtle Time on the phone. Like, maybe there's like <laughs> two other treasures. We got to find the other declarations, and that's like National Treasure 3. I'd do anything for National Treasure 3. Oh, uh, one one day. One day, <laughs> God my damn friend. It. God damn it. It's not, even in, it's not even listed on IMDb anymore. 
Oh, so they're not even like in pre-production or announced no. or anything. Uh, no, nothing. Not boding well. So we finally get down to the bottom of 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 this long staircase and and everything, and um, Gates is basically trying to convince Hal that the treasure's gone, that that's it. Like it, it was here, it's been moved. There's no clues. Hal doesn't believe him because here's the thing: they played poker before, and Gates even alludes to this earlier in the film, where he's like, "You know, I'm not good at bluffing," and so Hal knows that he's lying, but Gates knows that Hal knows this. <laughs> he and knows so, that he knows that he knows. knows. It's almost Inception-like. We get to these levels, right? <laughs> and so they're like, "Uh, okay, Dad, don't tell him what's going on." And then they like, "Okay, there's a lantern here, and the old North Church, because Paul Revere, one if by land, two if by sea, one lantern." Old North Church, that's where it is. It's in Boston. Hal's like, okay, I'm going to leave. And they're like, you can't just leave us. We I, we got to be go with you and help. Nah, I don't need y'all. I got Old North Church, you told me. Because obviously there's not going to be another clue then. Well, and here's the thing that I think they, they sort of play on our boy Hal a little bit. Because, you know, he's obviously British. So probably <laughs> did not learn the Revolutionary War the way we did. And he did, did, <laughs> it did not dawn on him that the British came by sea instead of land. Dose. So, you know... Ian, read a book. Yeah, seriously. So Ian leaves. He goes back up um, on that elevator that looks really stable. And uh, then Riley and them is like, they're upset. But Abigail Chase, she knows her history. So she knows that she's like, you know, it was supposed to be like two. And so then they get into the room. They finally, they figure it out. And so Riley's like, oh, all I want to do is get out of this fucking place. This room's empty though, man. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was full on prepared for, oh, this is a treasure room, and then they throw us this curveball. And it's a good curveball. It's a good curveball. Because it, it really deflates. I mean, you're like excited. Oh, cool. He's gone. They can just get this treasure, and then you get deflated. Well, And what I love, though, is when they figure it out, and this is where John Voight, I think, has become all in. And he's like, don't worry. We'll just keep looking and looking and looking and looking. It's okay. Yeah, he's on board completely now. Yeah. And so when, you know, Nick Cage got the Meerschaum pipe back, you know, 20, 30 minutes earlier, mm-hmm. how gave him that pipe back. And thankfully, that turns out to be the key for this weird fucking door that they had. Yeah, so, really weird. Yeah, so when they're talking about the secret lies with Charlotte, it's literally the key that's inside the ship that allows them to get into. And, and how did he know how to work that, by the way? How did he <laughs> well, know to break on. the pipe again, fit the stem over here, yep. fit the pipe over here, yep. and then turn it? And then he's you like, well, obviously, <laughs> you rotate that clockwise. Uh, well, he did because he's a fucking, he's an expert, he's genius. man. I mean, well, yeah, total. He's a knight. We know this. <laughs> well, now he is. So, so they, reveal, they reveal the gigantic, we finally find the fucking treasure. And it is massive and it's glorious. And then they do what I think is the dumbest thing on earth, which is try to set the whole fucking thing on fire. <laughs> We're going to light this. This kerosene or whatever has been here forever. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> We're good. Nothing in here is flammable. Um, so Not like we, those we, lost scrolls from Alexandria and shit <laughs> like that. We will We will light this beautiful trench of kerosene, and I yeah. would have done anything for just shit to just like blow up. And, be like, <laughs> and that's it. Credits. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so they get that. Riley starts crying because he sees that there's uh, stairs that take them back up because the first thing they would have done is dug a secondary air shaft for Obviously. You know, all that, for air yep. and, and in case of collapse. And so he sees these, these stairs, I'm sorry, though, are way fucking shorter than the stairs they came in on. 
Yes. It just, well, it's they just... could have been. They could have been going uphill through the treasure. I guess. I mean, I, I, I sure, fine. I'll grant it, but it just always <laughs> bugged me. I'm like, that's like two flights. You guys came down on like ten of them. What, what, what the fuck's yeah, going it, on? Idiots. <laughs> so they get back up there. They have all the treasure. They talk to Sadusky, and um, Sadusky's still just dying to put people in jail. Man, really? Some well, someone's got to go to jail, Ben. That's that's somebody's got to go to jail. And so he's like, "Okay, well, I know where Howe's going to be." And so then we cut to Howe, and then I don't know. You get this great reaction from uh, from Gates. Look, cop car. Uh huh. Long as I'm in here, you're just going to sit out there, aren't you? I. I don't know, that's a great reaction, but I, that doesn't feel like it's from that movie. That must that's, be from something else. That's a deleted scene or something. <laughs> something something must have happened. Get, but get, Gets the point across, though. <laughs> it definitely does. But Gates doesn't have to go to prison now. And um, it's like a happy ending because now we get we get we see Riley, um, Chase, and, um, and Gates all together outside of Gates' new mansion uh, that he bought. Um, yep. And they basically were offered 10% of the treasure, which turns out to be like 10 billion, but they split, you know, 1%. So it's like 50 million to Riley, 50 million to, uh, to Gates and Riley's got a Ferrari and chase and Gates are together now. And you're like, Oh, sets us up for a sequel because she gives him a map. But I think, I think that was like, you know, Disney's, we can't really do sex, but we're going to show you this. And so she gives him the map and we all know what that map is too. (laughs) I mean, we all might not know, but I, I think Pacey Witter knows. So um, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that uh, I mean that that is a a ride of a movie, man. Like it I just really is a really good action film, huh? An I've never. I th- I watch this thing probably twice, three times a year. Yeah, it's just a fun movie you can put on. I mean, the plot never gets too complicated. It's rare for no, a film no, like this. No, it doesn't. No, it, <laughs> this movie's not going to outthink you. No, it definitely um, isn't. And I, I tell you what, I totally dig the sequel. Yeah, I like the sequel too. I think a lot of people didn't, but I thought they had the perfect mixture of amping up the stakes. Ed Harris is a very dark character in that film. Yep. Way darker than Ian Howe was and has he's a bone to pick, but I mean, Definitely it going for it. Definitely yeah, going for it. He's going uh, for it. But no, it was a great sequel and I was, t- I mean, that one absolutely sets up for a third one and it's been 10 years now. With the president's book from uh, from yeah. Bruce Greenwood, yeah, I I agree. Definitely sets it up. Well, guys, that's that's national treasure. Uh, before we get out of here, you got any recommendations? Yeah, um, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, great film, Humphrey Bogart yeah. film from back in the day. Um, Escape Plan is also a good movie. <laughs> I enjoy that film. I'm gonna seriously like. I'm not joking. That's a fun. That's a fun ride of a film, and it's nice to way, see Stallone and Schwarzenegger together. You just made some history. I hope you know that because there's no chance that I'm sorry. There's no chance that Treasure Sierra Madre has ever been mentioned in the same sentence as Escape Plan. You know that. Hey, that's fine. I'm gonna follow it up with The Rock, another good film. Yep. <laughs> and my my recommendation is gonna be Con Air. Uh, I just <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna watch Nick Cage in an action film like National Treasure, you got to go back to his roots. Yeah. So I'd say check out Con Air. Check out Face Off. It's great. They're yeah. Just good fun movies. It's like looking in a mirror, only <laughs> not. <laughs> I can't do better than that, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. You can always find us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at SigBurnsPod. We're currently building the website. We'll get that up and let you know when that's coming out uh, as soon as we can. And I don't think we can do you justice, so we're just going to let Nick Cage take it home. We'll see you next time, guys. Hello.
been drinking, have we? Just a nip. Just pop down to the pub for a pint. Bit of all right. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Oh, no, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! <laughs> okay, let's run.